Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. L.A. Dodgers get a 2-1 win on a ninth-inning RBI from Cody Bellinger and a controversial strike-three call to end the ballgame. The, the, the league's best record out in the first round of the playoffs. Okay, so as a fan, forget the money for a second, was there anything egregious? Right now, Dodgers are moving forward. We talked about, hey, they're the World Series favorites. Well, let's break it down. In the World Series right now, you got the Dodgers favored, and it's not even close, really. The Dodgers are plus 130. So, 100 wins you 130. So, they're right around a little better than even money. At least payout's better. Astros are second, plus 225. Red Sox, plus 450. Braves, plus 550. So, that feels tight and all bunched up, but if you bet 100 on the Dodgers, you win 130. Bet 100 on the Braves, you win 550. But still, four teams left, Dodgers clear favorites. Egregious, anything unfair? Fans' perspective. I thought that the final strike call was just a horrendous call. Horrendous. So not even Her- close. Not even close. Uh, there were some missed ball strikes. That's going to happen but, in but, every but single let's, game. Let's get back to that. Do most people, and, and back to the, as you say, horrendous call. Check swing. You got uh, both your boys play a lot both of baseball. Both my boys play ball, and you know they were uh, young, but you know pre high school. Well, the oldest one is freshman. They're freshman now coming up, but you know travel leagues and all yep. that stuff. Check swing, toughest call in the game, right? Uh, I wouldn't say the toughest call in the game. No, it should, especially well, it this is. one. This was not a tough call. This okay, was a, but, but in general, check swings have a lot of. It's almost like a charge block in in basketball. That's fair. Yep. Okay. But you think this one was so wrong, so egregious. Yes. And listen, the guy that the Giants had at the plate, 0 for 17 against Scherzer, it's likely that the it bat matter, wins this. It, it, yeah. it, it's, it's likely it ends the same way. But no, but see, that's why we play the wrong. game. Yeah. If we could just look at those numbers, we could say, yeah, imagine if you were like the king of the world. You're like, you know, assume this guy got out. He's 0 for 17. Let's move on. <laughs> you know, there's a cheers rerun I want to watch. I mean, that's not the way it works, right? We so, still have to watch, the, you know, the Jets play the Bills a couple times this year. It has to happen. And, and sometimes, you know, those 17-point underdogs win the game. I don't know if you ever saw Hoosiers. I have, yeah. The hoop is 10 feet, my it man. Is. doesn't matter what your numbers say. We are straight out of Vegas. Would you say the consensus opinion agreed with you on the egregiousness of the call? I think the consensus non-Dodger fan uh, opinion was almost unanimous. Okay. All right. I'm just curious about this. Did I... Baseball is not the number one sport around the offices, just because it doesn't get bad as much. Did any either you guys see the play in the control I did, room? Yeah. And what would you think? Exact same. Ernie Johnson called it the check swing heard around the world. It really wasn't close. Immediately, even the broadcasters were like, "That seemed odd." Okay. All right. Cody Bellinger was in the post game interview, and they said, "Cody, what'd you think of the last swing?" He went, right. "I was in center field, so I didn't get a great look. Ump called it a strike." got to be a strike. There you go. <laughs> now, here's what I would say is my emotional reaction to the game. I like the fact that the best teams make the playoffs. Like I like the fact the Yankees made the playoffs. Or maybe not the best teams, but rather the teams that spend the most money. The teams that care the most. 
I don't like them always winning at all or even advancing a majority of the time. Like the Yankees getting in and then losing, I kind of am okay with that. Right, and I I don't want to have a bunch of no names. It's, it's the challenge, right? Because the NBA laments if it's a San Antonio versus a small market in the East. That was a, you know Detroit, let's say back when they played. That was a lament financially. As a fan, I'm not as interested in those series either. Though I was a Spurs you know aficionado, I appreciated them. Um, but I don't want it to be the little guy doesn't have a chance because there's nothing worse. Than starting the season without hope. I mean, the whole point, and that's where the NFL excels. The NFL has gotten big enough that every team has its own storylines. Doesn't matter as much who makes it. Baseball, I think it still matters. But I actually don't like the a, a plucky team like San Francisco that overcame the odds relative to the Dodgers. I don't like that they're losing here. Now, on the other hand, I wish it was more like a Frazier Ali, where when you have Two teams in this case that are so close together. And they said, what, over the course of the series, they had the exact, or I'm sorry, the season, the season, they had the same number of wins, right? Because the Dodgers had one less win during the regular season. Now they've played five more games. So it's, you know, I guess the Dodgers had an extra game. So we can, you know, it's right there where it's like within one game. Now that is wild to think, okay, these teams have played 100 and, uh, what would it be, 162 plus these playoff games. And it's like, and their number of wins are identical. But then it's like, what's next? Oh, nothing. One goes home <laughs> and the other one moves on as the clear favorite, which means unequivocally, if the Giants had won this game, they would have been favored to win the World Series. So the idea that one run dictates three rounds, you know, there's two rounds to go, three rounds before a champion's discovered, I guess, or crowned, you'd say two rounds before, but there's going to be three eliminations, right? There's an elimination, the division round, the uh, championship round, the American League, National League will be an elimination, then the World Series eliminates one. So you got like three eliminations to go, but the team that loses by the smallest of margins would be favored if they had just won. Something about that, I guess that speaks to reseeding. What's your thoughts on reseeding? I would like a situation where we get rid of divisions altogether and have Ooh. a National League and American League, Ooh. and then have sort of what the NBA did, where like you've got the top four, and then you've got two teams who are the next two teams play in like a maybe a mini series where oh, so the, the NBA has. Uh, division still because I just catch a twelve to no, one bet. I, I know. Phoenix winning I just, division. The way they've done the wild card the last couple of years, where the last two teams have a chance ends. to get in, yeah. but you've got to if you're the lower team, you got to win twice. Maybe something like that. Where, but that way, the best team at the top has a, an advantage over you know the worst team, and then if you're the mm-hmm. second best team, you still have some edge. Well, here's the catch twenty two. In general, the divisions were more of a mainstay factor when the regionality of the, you know, where you wanted to play those teams because travel was so much more difficult. You would play those teams more. You would get a bunch of rivalries. I mean, the Eagles and the Cowboys are that because of a division, right? So I think losing divisions I don't like, but I also think that maybe a division winner can sneak in or get in, even though the record wouldn't warrant it. So they're the underdog. They're the bad news bears or whatever. But I don't think that division victory should carry you through more than wins. Like Wins should trump everything, I think, except for divisions letting you at least have a ticket to the dance. NFC East last year, 
Washington got a ticket to the dance. They shouldn't have had a home game necessarily, but they should have got a ticket. I like that. I don't like divisions being so prominent. So I guess it's a balance between what you're saying. Hey, in a weird way, when there's nothing good left behind, we lament, oh, this is foregone conclusion. The fact that San Fran's getting left behind as maybe the second best team, it could be a negative. It certainly is if you're a fan of that team. Or it could be a positive that baseball is doing something right. Closing thought. Just kind of something that, that sums like what we said, where the Giants and Dodgers have about the same amount of wins over the course of the season. The Dodgers' win total preseason was 101 and a half. The Giants, 75 and a half. Okay. That's why we get into those stories. Because well, that's why we don't say that guy's 0 for 17. That is correct. All right, I like that. And let me do something here. Now, give me those wins one more time. 101 and a half for the Dodgers, 75 and a half for the Giants. Okay. All right. So Dodgers were considered much, much better. Preseason, yes. Yeah, I just did that in my head. Good job. And San Fran. <laughs> They just exceeded expectations. That would be one way to put it. And now they're on the couch. Now they're on the couch. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Eagles found some life, enough to cover, but not enough to win the game. All right, so we're going to skip the perfunctory stuff, the stuff that's like kind of obvious, but people feel like, hey, we should go over it. But I want to talk about a couple quick factors here. One of them we can talk about moving forward, so we'll do it just quickly here. Jalen Hurts did not have a good game. QBR 40.2. PFF Gray was under 60. I mean, just a bad game in general. One observation I've got about it, because this is a year of an audition for Hertz. They're giving him this year, it seems, to say, how good are you? One thing I don't hear people talking about is, I think they're making it extra hard on Hertz on purpose. And I think it's an organizational decision. And I don't think it's a bad one, necessarily. So everyone says, tank, 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 bad teams, they should tank. Well, the Eagles don't seem to be tanking, but one of the things that a bad team does is they trade away talent. They get rid of the best players. Well, the Eagles just made a trade, right, for a guy a lot of people know. They trade Zach Ertz to the Arizona Cardinals, although, mind you, now Zach Ertz was a guy whose contract is about to be up, and the Eagles have made a decision. Hold on a second. Not about to be up. He's up at the end of the year. Yes. Okay? So, the rest of this year, they could have had him. They said, no, thanks. We'll take some future value. Yep. And, and we don't have to pay you this year. I mean, or the rest of the year. Right. That's obviously a sign of a team that's not focused on this year. Arizona, on the other hand, is saying, we'll take on more contract uh, you know, money. We'll also have an asset that won't be ours to control at the end of the year. But this year is so important, we'll bring it on. Very analogous like Gilmore going from New England to Carolina. Yes. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree with that. Okay. So... Eagles look like, hey, they're not tanking, but they're not focused on this year. Well, wouldn't another natural thing be, let's take away from Hurts one of his strongest suits? Because the story goes today in the modern NFL, the story goes, okay, if you're young, you can throw the ball decently if you're a high draft choice, but you probably aren't in that Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees maturity to read The defense is, you don't have the precision on your throws yet, so what do you do? You compensate by running. If you can have seven, eight, ten plays a game that you run for positive yardage, 
that acts as training wheels as your precision gets better and your defensive reading or reading of the defense gets better. And then the theory is each game that passes or each month or season, you get better at the throwing. And as you get older, you're less inclined and less able to, to run. So it's like every year. And then by year four or so, the running's kind of phased out, except for the most high-pressure, high-leverage situations. And now you've become a great thrower. If you don't have those training wheels, it's hard to learn how to throw on the job. It's a powerful concept. I think it's true. Except Hertz is hardly running the ball. And if you actually look at the planned runs, they're shockingly low. So why, AJ, would the Eagles not be using training wheels on Hertz? It strikes me there's only one possible answer. They want to see how he can do without relying on the run because they don't really care that much about this year. Thus, if they lose a few extra games, you know what? Hmm, higher draft choice. As long as they grade Hertz on a curve saying, hey, he didn't run, he was this. If we would have let him run, he'd be better by two increments. It seems like a brilliant plan if that's it. You find out how good he really is at the things you're not sure of, his passing, and you get a higher draft choice. That is a really smart way to look at it. I, I wonder if that's how they're doing they're it. Smart. You might be smarter than them. Well, I think that's likely true, but they are pretty smart. It just feels like a situation. And maybe it's as much. It's as simple as... We want to see what this guy can do with basically nothing. So when we actually do start to give him some things, he'll look even better. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think we're saying the same because thing. Because a lot of guys get thrown into a situation where everything's ideal, Russell Wilson. Then when you start to that's, strip. That's rare. That's right. rare. But when you start to strip those things away, it's less rare, though, when you're not a high first round pick. Like but Russell. But usually the non first round picks don't start the rookie year. That is true. But as you start to peel those things away from Russell Wilson, you start to say, okay, can he still do this? Can he st-? And Russell Wilson still is playing at a pretty high level, even without all the stuff, but he's no longer a Super Bowl guy. It doesn't seem. Hurts. Nor does he get MVP votes. No, Hurts, they're saying, listen, you're starting with a bare cupboard. Now make me some dinner. Yeah, but it's one thing with the other players on the field. And then it's another thing is if you're game planning in a way that isn't to win this game, but it's to tell you more about the quarterback, who maybe the most important thing the Eagles are doing this year is critiquing is Hurts, their future franchise quarterback. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sit, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts let's do your best bet in college football all right i'm gonna go with nevada minus 14 against hawaii nevada best quarterback in the mountain west maybe the best quarterback in the group of five and hawaii is just dreadful on defense is a revenge spot for nevada after hawaii gave them their first loss a year ago and hawaii on the road's been non-competitive their only win has been against new mexico state new mexico state i have power rated the second worst team in now, the how entire many road country games have they play three 
All right, so they've won one out of three. And it was against the second-worst team in the country. Okay, okay. Uh, Hawaii's got, just got a big win against a Fresno State team that on paper looks similar to Nevada, but they won by three points a game that they won the turnover battle 6-1. to one. Unsustainable. I think Nevada boat races this team here in Nevada. So you, you like laying 14. I don't love it, but I, I, I like laying it here. Well, listen, if you listen to that handicap, you might be skeptical of AJ in college because it's like, boy, that seems like that's where the favorite laying doubles. This guy last year, 57%. All plays documented. Year before, 57 This is one of the best college handicappers in the world. I mean, I say that objectively, but I don't lay, love laying doubles here. All right, my best bet's coming up first. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. My best bet is the Baltimore Ravens laying the juicy, attractive two and a half, not 14, two and a half with Baltimore. Now, why do I like this? Well, one, I like the number. I mean, what was this number a couple days ago? Three and a half. Now, the difference between two and a half and three and a half, if you are counting on your fingers, is one. How do you do a half? I'm not sure. Okay. But, yeah, it's like the old shop teacher joke. But it, it's, it's the most key number in the NFL. Literally, if you had a bet that was going to lose money minus three and a half, let's say a smidge, you will win significantly at minus two and a half. It falls on three that often. Now, why has it moved? Narrative. And what's the narrative? Oh, Herbert, he's tall, he's strong, he's whatever, steely-eyed. I'm not much for the hero worship of potential. I personally think Herbert is going to be a top-five quarterback. And he may be a top-five quarterback as soon as the end of this year. He hasn't been a top-five quarterback yet. So we're playing this game today. If I could have stock in any player, Mahomes may be first. Herbert might be second. I have that much faith in him. I don't have faith in this team right now being better than Baltimore. And at two and a half, you could say, well, isn't that home field? It's like Baltimore's home field is better than average. Now, a thing that concerns me a little bit is Baltimore might be a little tired. So what I'll say is, in general, if you think Baltimore might be tired here, I don't think that's wrong. But I think if you add up all the factors... If Baltimore wins by a field goal and we're cashing, we've got the right side here. And I think the Chargers, just at many different levels, are overrated. Is If you actually look at their games, if you're saying, man, imagine what this team's going to be, I get it. If you're saying what this team is, I mean, we've, I, I see power rankings I respect that's got the Chargers like 11, 12. And Baltimore, three, four. When the third best team is playing the 12th best team, you're not supposed to be laying two and a half at home. Best bet, R.J. Bell, that's me, Baltimore minus two and a half. A.J.'s best bet was Nevada laying two touchdowns. Great week.